So I've been sitting on this verse. This is not a part of the, the message series in itself, but this is what the Holy Spirit wants me to read to intro the message today. And I've been sitting on this verse for about a month. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and it's verse 16 through the end of the chapter. It's not on the screens, just listen. But the moment one turns to the Lord, <laughs> but the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. How many of you have experienced that? The moment you turn to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Well, what do they see? Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit, and wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. I think we sang that this morning, amen? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So when you turn to the Lord with an open heart and you say yes to him, he lifts the veil, the veil of sin, the veil of death, the veil of sickness, the one the enemy keeps trying to throw back over your eyes. He lifts the veil, and you see through the power of the Holy Spirit the new life you have in Christ. Let's keep going. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. He is not a distant father, is he? He's not far away. There's no separation. He is right here, right now, continual. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's never not with you. No matter what you're walking through, he is right there. This isn't the message, but I got to tell you this. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like a mirror. We all become mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. <laughs> So when you say yes to Jesus, you are being transformed into his very image. So when you look in the mirror, Amy, you're seeing Jesus in you, the hope of glory. When you look in the mirror, Holly, you are a new creation in Christ. The veil is lifted and you are set free. Amen? We have to know who we are. And today's message is where to get help when you hurt And I think that verse says it perfectly when we approach him with an open heart. God, it's hurt. There is hurt in here. And I can't, I can't do it without you. I can't fix it. I've tried. I've tried my own way. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've leaned on this vice. I've leaned on that vice. I've abused this person, or this person has abused me, and I've tried everything I can, and I know that my only hope is to come to you with an open heart, an honest heart, not a pretend heart that, yes, we, if you look around this room, we all are at the foot of the cross equal. We all come with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. But when we come to him, he hangs them up on the cross. He helps us. He doesn't leave us in our mess. He takes the veil off. And he says, walk with me. 
Because as you walk with me, you are becoming my very image, right? As you talk with me, you're becoming like me. You won't react in anger anymore. You won't react in trying to self-justify or self-righteousness or pride. You'll react in love. You'll react humbly. You'll move in the spirit because you're saying yes to him and he's taking the veil off and you're going to get free of that hurt. You don't have to cope with the hurt. That's so often, and Chris said it this weekend, this is not a program to help us cope. This is not a sin management program. This is not a sin management program. We are not walking in Celebrate Recovery to manage our sin. We're walking in to Celebrate Recovery to celebrate that we're free from our sin. We are free indeed. We're not here to manage addiction. We're here to break free from addiction. Amen? And take on our new identity in Christ. And that old man is dead. But I, I love it, Rick, you said it. Our, we bring our, our, our brokenness. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. We all can walk downtown together and say, I needed a savior too. I needed his hope too. I needed set free too. I don't stand above you. I stand next to you. I link arms with you. And I will walk with you into freedom, into eternity, into glory. Amen? Because see, what it says in that verse is it says you're going to move from one brighter level of glory to another. Not one harder hard to another hard. Yeah, there's going to be trials in this life. But take hope. I have overcome. Not, oh, you'll just have to deal with it and walk around with it on your back. No, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Ooh. Okay. Last week we talked about denial. We talked about how often we walk in denial that I can control this. I can handle this. I've got this. I am in complete denial that I need help but I, I, because I, I need to be strong enough. I mean, that's what I have been told. You need to be strong. You need to pull it together. You need to get it together, woman. Get it together. Right? Or man. I've just heard woman with that phrase. And when we walk in denial, we're denying the power of Jesus to affect our lives and set us free. And today is the day for freedom. Amen? What is that verse? Today is the day of salvation. Your salvation is here, and his name is Jesus. Amen? Last week, we looked at realize I'm not God, recovery. The eight principles of celebrate recovery is the word recovery broken down into, and I'm, I'm going to say it wrong. What is that called? Acronym. I was going to say an Enneagram. That's not right. An acronym. <laughs> so we're looking at the word recovery. Our last week was realize I'm not God. Stop trying to deny my way into freedom and understand I can't do it without him. Come on. Father, I do not want to be in denial that I can do this myself. I want to turn to you with an open heart. And this week, we're going to look at the E in recovery. And this week, this step is about hope. How many of you love that word, hope? Listen to me. How many of you love that word? If we lose our hope, we will die. Who is our hope? Hope is a person. Who's our hope, Kyle? He is our everything. Amen? And this week, this, this step is hope. There is 
AA power. I shared this last week. I went with a friend to AA, and I sat there, and I listened, and they said, your higher power can be a doorknob, a tree, whatever you need it to be. And I'm, like, sitting on my hands, like, and I was young, and I didn't know what to say, and I'm just sitting there like, no, there's a better hope than that. His name is Jesus, and he won't partially set you free, and you don't have to pray to a doorknob. You can pray to a living God. He is alive, and he has a living word to help us walk through. That's what I love about Celebrate Recovery. It is wrapped in scripture. It is wrapped in the living word. It is wrapped in freedom. Jesus paid for it. So today, we are earnestly believing that God exists. That word, earnest, that's not, a, that's not a, I hope he does. I hope he helps me. I hope he shows up. No, I know he's real. I know he's on my side. I know he, not just that, but I know he created me. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Whether your mother intentionally had you or not, he intentionally created you. Amen? earnestly believe that God exists and that I matter to him and that he has the power to help me recover. He has the power. He is the power. He is the higher power. Amen? I added, he is my overcomer. He overcame the grave. See, the enemy wants you to die. He wants to slowly destroy you from the inside out. That's his goal. John 10.10, death, loss, and destruction. But Jesus said, and you are stepping into this today, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life to the fullest, life more abundantly. Christians, we can't live partially free. We have to live fully set free. And it literally is a change of how we see ourselves when we look in the mirror. When I look in the mirror, I need to see that Jesus is all over me. He's in me. He's, he, is, he is all in me. What did he say this weekend? He's my, I'm possessed by Jesus. You see, the enemy wants to possess you with fear. He wants to possess you with pain. He wants to possess you with abuse. He wants to pe- possess you with PTSD. He wants to possess you with depression. He wants to possess you with anxiety. He wants to possess you with addiction. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you, and he wants to destroy you. But I, he, Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Not partial, not just get through the day and I didn't use today, but get through the day and victory. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real, that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. He is real, and he rewards the faith of all those whose passion is in seeking him. Where's your freedom found? That God exists, and he is for you. Okay, I'm done now. Yeah. 
I don't really know what to do now. I'm kidding. Chris Gore had to say this. Repeat this after me. I am a weapon of righteousness. I am a weapon of righteousness. Okay. Everybody. I am a weapon of righteousness. I am a weapon of righteousness. In the hands of God. To remind the devil of the bad day he's about to have. I am a weapon of righteousness in the hands of God to remind the devil of the bad day he's about to have. I had a sign hanging up on my office door for years. It said, be the type of person that in the morning when you wake up, the devil goes, oh crap, he's awake. It's who you are. It's your identity. That same power lives in you. It is your assignment to terrify the enemy with every step you take and every breath that you breathe. He trembles when you walk into the room because the spirit of the living God walks in the room with you. I don't even know why we have notes today. Let me also say this. Celebrate Recovery has never set a single person free. Celebrate Recovery has never saved anyone. Jesus has. Celebrate Recovery is a beautiful, amazing, powerful tool that has been ordained by the Holy Spirit to walk people into freedom. It's just like Music is to worship. Music in and of itself is not worship. It's a position of the heart. It's a posture of the heart. That's why Jesus said, before you come to bring your offering, if you have a grievance with anyone, go and make restitution, then come back and offer me your gift. Because worship has far more to do with what is in your heart than the words that are coming out of your mouth. Celebrate recovery is a tool, it is a vehicle to walk people into freedom through Jesus. In and of itself, it's powerless, but it has been infused with the word and infused with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why it is the most successful recovery ministry on the planet that it has seen over two million people set free. It's in over 30,000 churches Because it's not just a program, it is a discipleship ministry that is empowering people to step into their identity, step into freedom, and walk into it. Right, Ron? Amen. Oh, it's so good. So, what are we talking about today? What's the title? Again, where to go when I find freedom. Okay, so, um, acknowledging God's existence, part one here. Do you know, I, I researched this online, so in 2019, a Gallup poll revealed that 87% of Americans believe in God. 87% of Americans say they believe in God. Do you know, scientifically today, they say it takes more faith not to believe in God than it does to believe in God? It's the equivalent of taking this watch off tearing the whole thing apart piece by piece, throwing it into a paper bag, shaking the paper bag up, 
in hoping that when I dump it back out, it looks just like this. What are the chances of that happening? Zero, right? Nobody would think that when I turn that bag back over, the watch would come back out whole. It takes more faith. There is a creator. Rick Warren, he says this, where there is a creation, there must be a creator. Where there is an effect, there must be a cause. Where there is a design, there must be a designer. I love, I love Louis Giglio. He says he is a firm believer in the Big Bang Theory. Because he said when God created the heavens and the earth, there was probably a pretty big bang. (laughs) It's not an accident that you are sitting in this seat. He created you with the same power he used to create the world. Romans 1.20, from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible, such as his eternal power and transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived. Psalm 14, only a fool says in their heart, there is no God. Only a fool says in their hearts, there is no God. But you see, the issue for most people today is not whether there is a God, but what is God like? If there is a God, what is he like? Most of us, we develop our understanding of the nature of the Father based upon what our parents were like, what our father was like. Were they loving or were they abusive? Were they absent? Were they uncaring? Were they wonderful? See, we develop our understanding so often based on our experience And we need to understand, not based off of our human experience, the incredible nature of the Father that is unchanging. So that's point number two. Look how fast that went. Point one, already done. Point two, understand God's character. Until we experience what God is really like, we cannot trust him. Do you want to know why you struggle trusting God? It's because rarely do you experience what he's really like. It's easy to say, I trust God. It's a whole completely different thing to actually walk in trusting God. When you receive that diagnosis that says you have three months to live. When you have a paycheck and the bills that have piled up are more than the paycheck you just received and you have a family to provide for. When God calls you to walk up to someone and to enter into a conversation with them and you're like, God, you got the wrong guy. Do we fully trust him? When we experience who he really is, we trust him. And fortunately for us, God wants us to know what he's really like. It says in Colossians 1.15, Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God is like, 
Look at Jesus. He is the perfect representation of the Father. He is the visible image of the invisible God. He only did what he saw the Father doing. He only said what he heard the Father saying. What is God like? What is Jesus like? What do we learn about God by looking at Jesus that helps us in recovery? Three things. God knows all of your situation. He knows all about it. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. I'm not going to speak a lot. I'm just going to give you scripture today. It says in Psalm 56, you've kept track of all my wondering and my weeping. You've stored my many tears in your bottle. Not one will be lost. You say no one knows what I'm going through. God knows. Jesus knows. The word says we do not have a high priest who is unsympathetic to our weakness for he went through everything that we could face. In mercy, Psalm 31, you have seen my troubles and you have cared for me even during this crisis. In my soul, I will be radiant with joy. Even in this COVID crisis, I will be radiant with joy because circumstances do not dictate who he is. And he is always good Therefore, I can always be at peace and have joy because I know who my Father is, and he is unchanging. God, my life is an open book to you. How many of us want to actually admit that? My life is an open book. You know every sin I've ever done, for nothing within me is hidden from your sight. Isn't it amazing that he knows everything and he still loves you? He's not shocked by your sin. You don't mess up and he goes, ah! <laughs> Look what you did, you dirty, filthy, rotten sinner. He will never say that to you. If you ever feel like that, you ever feel like you're hearing those words whispered into your ear, run. It is not the Father. It's not his voice. It's not how he speaks. He is never shocked he never punishes. It's not his nature. The father disciplines those he loves. There's a difference. We don't have time to get into that. We heard a lot about that yesterday. So good. He's seen everything we've ever done. Nothing is hidden, yet he still loves you. He still loves me. How many people could you honestly say if they knew every single little secret about you, they would still love you the same way they do? No, because we live in fear. We feel like we have to control what other people see. We have to control our image. We talked about that last week. If I maintain this image, people will think everything is good. Life will be good while you're dying on the inside. I'm looking at this side a lot. Hey, guys. God cares about my situation. So God knows all about my situation. God cares about my situation. The word said he is a father to us, tender and sympathetic, for he knows what we are made of. God wants to be a father to many of us who do not have a father that they can rely on, that they can go to, that they can talk to, or had a father. I have loved you, my people, he says in Jeremiah, Jeremiah, with an everlasting 
love. Are you thankful today that God's love for you is not based on your performance? It's based on his character. God is love. We sing the song, and I love the song. There's nothing that our God can't do. Yes, there is. God cannot not love you. It is his nature. God is love. And that can never change, regardless of what you do. He will always love you. We heard this weekend, Chris Gore was speaking on the prodigal son, and this just uh, wrecked me. When the son returns to the father, the father runs toward the son, and he embraces the son. Beautiful picture. Yes, it is. But something I never realized before was that the father's goodness was given before the son's repentance. It wasn't the other way around. The father didn't stand there and say, okay, once you tell me every single thing that you've done wrong and you're sorry for what you did, then I'll be nice to you. No, the father ran and embraced his son and lavished kisses upon him and said, bring a ring, bring a robe, kill the fattened calf, we're throwing a party, for my son who was dead has now come back to life. The goodness of the Father is not dependent upon our performance. He is always good, he is always love, that does not change. His mercies are new every morning. Romans 5, 8, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. Jesus proved God's love by dying on the cross for us. Third thing, God can change me and my situation. How many of you believe God has the power to change reality? He has the power to change me and you and my situation. I also pray that you will understand Paul says in Ephesians, the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. Listen, if God has the power to raise Jesus from the dead, he has the power to raise dead relationships. He has the power to bring health. He has power to set the addicted free. He has the power to help you close the door on your past and say it's dead. What is impossible for people is possible with God, Luke 18. So these messages are based off of a series taught by Rick Warren, pastor of Saddleback Church, which Celebrate Recovery is out of. And I just have a few notes here of what he said in this message. He says, the longer you deny or postpone your pain, listen to this, the longer you deny or postpone your pain, the further away recovery becomes. So often we get stuck in the past instead of dealing with our current problems. I love this analogy. He equated it to driving a car while looking in the rearview mirror the entire time. How many of us would get very far? No. The rearview mirror is important because it gives us perspective. Correct? We need the rearview mirror. We need to be able to say, all my chains are in the past. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. And be thankful for the redemption that has taken place in our lives. But if you only look at the past, you'll never get into the present. 
Whatever we tend to focus on, we repeat. Whatever we tend to focus on, we repeat. So if you're focused on the past, chances are you're repeating the past. But if you're focused ahead, some of us, we need to rip the rear view mirror out of the car and enlarge the windshield because God is ahead of you. The future that he has for you is bright. It's a future of promise and hope and health. And he wants you to walk into that. Amen? Do you believe that today? Focus on him. Turn your eyes to the Father. We're going to invite Jason and Jennifer Hostetler to come up. They are part of the lead team of Celebrate Recovery, along with Ron and Kristen and Bradley and Danielle. And they are going to share their story with you this morning. So would you help me welcome Jason and Jen. Hi. My name's Jason. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I am uh, a recovering alcoholic. Uh, You know, the big news for us, uh, this ministry kicks off here uh, this coming Thursday. Um, A lot of people, I am one of about 35 leaders that have showed up week after week after week, and uh, it's finally here. It's um, really going to be an awesome night, and I want to invite everyone here that, that, that isn't part of the lead, show up. We want to see you here. Uh, you know, dinner beforehand, uh, the fellowship, and then, and then uh, actually, I'm going to be giving my testimony. Um, so uh, really looking forward to Thursday night. Um, you know, c- Celebrate Recovery as a ministry is, uh, <laughs> you know, it's been everything for me. You know, I, I struggled. Um, in my life, I've, I've pushed my wife away. I've pushed my kids away. It was, uh, you know, it was ugly. And, and you know, um, as a last-ditched effort, my wife begged me to go to Celebrate Recovery. <laughs> and I did. And getting there didn't make my hurts, habits, and hang-ups go away. But it was the first step. It was the first step. I was greeted at the door warmly. And I knew I was home. Once you start with Celebrate Recovery, they have a thing called a step study. A step study is really a a dive into Celebrate Recovery is 12 steps. One through 12. 12 steps to live by. And the step study is a personal dive into those step, 12 steps. It's about a six-month program. And, you know, when I was asked to come up here and talk, I decided to go ahead and look in my, the first time I took a step study, I wanted to look in the old 
uh, step study book to kind of see what my answers were. One of the questions was, number the following list in order of your personal priorities. Career, family, church, Christ, friendship, money, ministry. My answers were, number one was career. Number two was money. Number three was family, and number four was Christ. During that time, my, my marriage was all but over. My kids were scared of me. I had pushed all my friends away. And my pastime was counting my money. Until, finally, I always seem to learn things the hard way. And that's because my priorities were always messed up. My identity was, I didn't have an identity. All of a sudden, one Thursday, I just took the next two days off work. Now, I didn't know it was going to be two days, but I started drinking on Thursday night. I drank right through Friday into Saturday. My wife was so disgusted, she left the house with the kids, and, and, and I sat there, laid alone, in my bed, drinking. She came home Saturday night. didn't say a word to me on Sunday Sunday night she tried to talk to me and at this point it's past talk she just wants to yell at me and I didn't want to hear it I wasn't having it and she sent my 12 and 8 year old into the bedroom where I was sitting there with a hangover and they looked at me both crying, asking me to go get help. That was my rock bottom. Because I sat there as a father, and I was the one hurting them. And I had no answers, none whatsoever. I woke up the next morning, and all, all the while, I'm going to celebrate recovery. But I'm going through the motions. I'm having fellowship. I'm having fun. There's things that are good, but I'm not doing certain things that I need to be doing. I woke up the next morning. I went to work early. I called my sponsor, Ron. I gave him some insight to what had happened the past weekend, and he looked, said to me over the phone, he goes, you need to pray. You need to pray. And I will tell you, <laughs> that morning was the start of my life. <laughs> that morning, I was able to complete the first three steps of this ministry. Step one, 
I admitted I was powerless over my addictions and compulsive behaviors, that my life was unmanageable. Step two, I came to believe that there was a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity. And step three, I made a decision to turn my life and my will over to the care of God. The second I became willing, the second I became willing, life changed. There was a sense of, it wasn't that grand light. It was just a sense of peace that came over me. And my life that day began. Now, there was a lot of carnage in my life, but I didn't have the shame. I didn't, it was, at that point in life, it was about moving forward. I was done looking through the rearview mirror. It's about, it was the most unbelievable experience. I can tell you that today it's uh, it's been it's been a long road. I had to earn a lot of trust back. My wife, my kids, my family, my friends. But slowly but surely it's happening. About two months ago, um, I started a new step study as a co-leader and uh, with a bunch of other guys. And, and this question, of course, comes back up. And, uh, you know, uh, list and order your priorities in life. And, and what's funny is my answer today. Number one on that list is Christ. Christ for me is equal to recovery. Christ is equal to recovery. So as long as he's number one on that list, recovery is possible. Healing is possible. You know, I know that a lot of people talk about 2020 and, and you know, yes, it's a weird year. I see all these people out in masks and <laughs> it's just, It is what it is. We got 40 million people unemployed. We're in the middle of a pandemic. They're rioting in the largest cities in the world and and, and protesting. But for me, 2020 has been the best year of my life. I have never been so connected as an individual. I have never been more active in my life than I have in 2020. And the reason is God's grace. I encourage anyone here that, that is in, look, I'm, I'm here for addiction, okay? I'm the face of addiction. But hurts, habits, and hang-ups are so many different things. They're money troubles, they're anger issues, they're codependency, there's so many different hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I look forward to seeing you, all of you, on Thursday night. Thank you.
are these effective still when they're soaked in tears? Because <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm Jen. Um, I'm a faithful believer in Jesus. And, you know, oftentimes we always tell people, like, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a, you know, all those titles. But uh, I'm a control freak. <laughs> I'm a perfectionist, and I sometimes, oftentimes, you can ask my children, and a very overwhelmed, psychotic mom. And being home with my children since March, because I, too, got sent home from the office, has been crazy, um, where I've found myself, I think, a couple times in the closet, hidden, away from everybody, sometimes in the fetal position, crying. <laughs> Just because it's so overwhelming. Everything is so overwhelming right now. The one thing with the group, and especially since the five weeks we've been training leaders, you sit in a room and you can share that, and there's no judgment. Because I guarantee a lot of other moms in here have been in the same spot I have. And the other crazy thing that's kicking off Thursday is that our kids are struggling just as much as we are. And the first time our youngest went to what we call Celebration Place at Celebrate Recovery is it's actually kind of funny. She walks out and she's not here tonight and she's a ball full of like psycho crazy girl she's our crazy one but she walks out and she's like here's a phone number I'm like why are you giving me a phone number well they asked me what my problem was and I said I have trouble reading so now I have a tutor you need to call them tomorrow <laughs> just like okay <laughs> because that's something that she struggles with because she knows she has an issue and later two months later she was diagnosed with dyslexia and it's an anxiety thing for her so this isn't just us. It's a family recovery program. <laughs> Sorry. And they develop strain, strong, loving relationships with other kids who are battling the same things they are. So I encourage you, if you have children that are struggling, and I don't know how anyone in this lifetime right now with all of the hatred and just hurtful things in the world right now that you can't, I charge you to come and just take a peek and see what it's about. Because maybe you thought you weren't struggling, but until you walk into that room, all the other people in the room are struggling with the same thing you are. Thanks. Travis and I have been in recovery for the last five weeks. <laughs> it's been incredible. Because when you walk in here, there's freedom. And I love what Jen and Jason, <laughs> most of the time we, we hide it. <laughs> and when you get it out, when you bring it out into the open, that's when Jesus heals you. <laughs> when you invite him in. <laughs> That's when healing comes and freedom comes. And the last point today is accept God's offer to help me. 
accept his offer to help me. And I think it's amazing that we are here together. Stand with me right now. We are here together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And what the enemy wants you to believe is that you're alone in this. He wants you isolated. He wants you shut down. He wants you closed off. And God says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And when you walk in here hand in hand, arm in arm with people who are walking with Jesus, freedom is an automatic. It's not it might. You might get free if you walk through the Celebrate Recovery, the Word of God, the saving power of Jesus. It's not you might get free. It's you will be free in your household and from generation to generation. May his favor be upon you. Amen.